hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Welcome back to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I am your host, Mark Hershon, internationally recognized, I guess. Actually, I am internationally recognized now. I mean, we had our first premiere episode. Uh, it got up to iTunes last week, and within two days, we were both on uh, the plopline.com comedy podcast blog, and we were also mentioned on Punchline Magazine's blog. So, Thank you to both of those uh, illustrious sources um, or resources for comedy for mentioning us. So happy to be part of the comedy podcast phenomenon. Uh, Our job is to listen to what's out there and play you some bits, pieces and scraps of things. um, Sort of comedy. I mean, some of these things, uh, as I'm doing more and more digging, feature comedians. Uh, Some of them just feature people that are commenting about things some of them are people who think they're really funny and that's the operative word they think they're really funny um but the i'm going to try and bring you sort of the cream of the crop although occasionally there's so much stuff out there we're going to stray over that line and i may have my point of view and you will have your point of view and at succotash podcast uh, have uh, some people that have other points of view And we'll probably be hearing from them throughout uh, this episode and others. So you never know. Uh, Let's get started with our first. Oh, you know what? I did that last time, too. And I'm sorry about that. But let me tell you who we're going to have featured on the show today. And then we'll launch into our first one. Uh, We have Larry Miller. We have David Feldman. We have a couple of guys called the Mustache Rangers. We have uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. We have a show called Read It and Weep. We have the Comedy A Go-Go show with Dave Nelson. We have the Jimmy Dore show. We have a Yeah Dude and the Kevin Pollack chat show. So we have quite a full docket today. Let's get to our first show uh, this week with Larry Miller. Larry Miller is a great guy. Met him a few times. Very funny. One of the nicest guys in comedy. And uh, his show, it's on the, uh, um, the Adam Carolla Network, and it's Sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes 42 minutes. Uh, He doesn't seem to have a great uh, deal of worry about how long a show is. Uh, But he's quite the raconteur. And he tells these long, involved stories that are very uh, funny, involving, enriching, and revealing about himself and the people he meets. But in this story, he was talking about his very first time in Vegas, opening for the very first time for Frank Sinatra. So let's uh, hear a a little bit about uh, that tale. But this was the same thing, old school. It was like a three-room suite with a kitchen and a dining room. And again, a lot of wooden things. It was really elegant. And I went into one room and I hung up the rented tuxedo. I didn't have, never mind an entourage. I didn't have anyone with me. Well, who who would I bring? And uh, I I don't even know if I had an agent at the time. And uh, so I sat there in a chair, more or less for five hours with my hands folded, just waiting for the shows to start, especially on the first night. It was one show a night. And at a certain point, I looked at my watch. It was around six. I said, well, I might as well get dressed. There's no one there. It was a beautiful three rooms there. And I was just the opening act. So I started to get dressed and I took the tux out of the plastic wrapper there. 
And I took my shoes off, my socks off, and my shirt off, and my undershirt off, and I dropped my pants. And at that moment, there was a knock on the door. And I just stuck my head around, and someone opened it, a really handsome guy. He looked like a, well, he looked like what he was. He looked like a butler or a valet or a valet. And uh, he smiled at me, he stuck his head, and just crooked his finger at me and said, come here. And I looked at him, and I, my head was just around, because I'm, I'm not wearing it, and my pants are on my ankles, I have no shirt, no shoes, nothing. And, he, and then he disappears, and it leaves the door open. And I'm standing there for about 10 seconds, and I didn't know what to do. And I thought, well, I, I don't know who he is, so I'll go close the door. So I did, you know how, man, nobody picks the pants up. You do that Frankenstein walk, that shuffle walk with the pants down. And I got into the center of the living room there, and now, around the open door, comes... Sinatra, in his tux, and not surprisingly, I'm sure most of you know, he looked pretty good in that tux, and it looked like it was poured on, and he comes around the door, and I'm standing there in the middle of the room with nothing on, and he comes over to me with a big smile, and he holds his hand out, and I, I held my hand, and he shakes, and he just says, hello, Larry Miller, I just want to tell you, my daughter Nancy says a very, very big, and he said some very nice things, and he gave me a big smile, and I'll tell you what, We've all seen some blue eyes in our lifetimes, but those were pretty blue eyes. And he had a big smile, and he did the thing. The as he's talking, he pinched my cheek, and the slap, slap. You know, the the affectionate kind of. I guess the it's like an Italian thing. The pinch, slap, slap, slap. He said, "Don't you worry about a thing. This is a great room. We're going to do great. And afterwards, you come to the thing, and we'll do this." And I just said. Uh, and I didn't even say anything. I couldn't say anything. And uh, I just nodded. He said, don't you worry. You're going to be great. And they're going to be a great crowd. They always are. And he said, and they gave me a wink and another and a pinch and a, and a pat pat. And then he just turned. He didn't say anything. I'm not wearing any clothes. He didn't say anything. And as he turned, without even turning around again, he starts to walk out. And over his shoulder, he said, by the way, if that's in your act, I hope you close with it. That is Larry Miller. Uh, again, one of the nicest guys in comedy. You can catch Larry uh, weekly. Uh, he is actually broadcasting through the auspices of uh, Adam Carolla, so you can find him at adamcarolla.com slash lmblog. That's Larry Miller blog. Uh, or you can download that from iTunes, of course. And um, uh, gosh, he is just a great guy, and I love his storytelling. It's so hard to find a piece that short. I really didn't do his story justice about Sinatra having to to slice out that small a chunk. He's a great raconteur. Uh, so I would uh, heartily uh, advise you listen to his show. Uh, next up, we've got David Feldman's comedy show. David Feldman is a, a comedian, started out doing political comedy here in San Francisco uh, for a brief period of time. Some of you may remember him uh, when he got really fed up with the fact nobody seemed to be responding to his political humor. He uh, would take to dressing in a complete clown outfit and was introduced as Feldo the Clown, and he would come out on stage and just tell political jokes, but dressed as a clown. Um, it lasted about a year, the Feldo act, and although it went away, the Feldo name never has, and people still refer to him as uh, Feldo. Uh, but anyway, David's been doing a, a podcast for a couple of years now out of Los Angeles. He's actually carried on a radio station, Pacifica Radio. Uh, I guess it's a little radio network as well. And uh, this uh, this most recent week, he's been playing his best of 2011, which is pretty funny since we're only a third of the way through 2011. And so there's a couple of pieces on here uh, that I thought were pretty enjoyable, one of which I asked him, uh, who's doing the voice of Ronald Reagan in one of the pieces you're about to hear? 
uh, and it turns out to be Robert Smigel. And then he sent me an email and said, you know, Smigel wasn't happy with the way we edited this piece. He said uh, he thought it made too much fun of, of Reagan's Alzheimer's. And he said, it's really funny, but you really should maybe play something else. And, I, you know, I don't, it, I'd already picked the clips for this show, and it takes so much time to do it. And we were ready to go in the studio. And I said, uh, well, thanks. Thanks for the advice. Uh, but you know what? We're going to listen to it anyway. So here's uh, David Feldman and crew. This summer... From the people who brought you the King's speech. It's my husband, the King. I'm afraid that once again he's required to speak publicly. That shouldn't be a problem. As you know, I've been rather successful in helping the King overcome his stammer. Well, this time it's not the stammer I'm worried about. Comes the story of a monarch. We're going to need every last one of your unorthodox methods of speech therapy. Your Majesty, what are you trying to say? With a mouthful... Of I'm afraid the king has Tourette's. <laughs> it's the King's Speech 2. Talking dirty. And all your favorites are back. There's Colin Firth as King George VI. If I can't address the nation by the time I go to damn it! Jeffrey Rush as quirky Australian speech therapist Lionel Logue. I do believe kings are meant to have turrets, not Tourette's. Get it, Your Majesty. And introducing Otis, the king's pet minor bird. You Australian mother... Holly wants a blow... Shut your bloody beak before I kick your... I couldn't have said it better myself, Your Majesty. Come see a film with humor, drama, and more British swearing than Christian Bale on a six-day meth bender. The King's Speech 2, Talkin' Dirty, coming this summer to a theater near you. Well, this assignment is shaping up to be a royal pain in the b- You're listening to the David Feldman Radio Program, you sad, pathetic hump. I'm David Feldman, and you're listening to highlights from some of our past shows. I wasn't going to play this, but it makes me laugh really hard, and my mother loves it, so I have to because she believes Ronald Reagan ruined this country. Anyway, Ronald Reagan celebrated his 100th birthday on Super Bowl Sunday, my interview with the former president. Mr. Reagan, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Mr. Reagan. And sir, how, how are you feeling? Never felt deader in my life. That's Buddy Rich is helping me out here. A little faster, Buddy. Congratulations on your centennial, sir. Well, that's not all, Mike. I also turned 100 this week. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people are honoring your memory this weekend. Uh, uh, My what? Uh, uh. Yeah, they're honoring your memory uh, this weekend. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, they're calling it Super Bowl Sunday. Go, Ronnie, go. Looking back at your legacy, sir, what are you most proud? What are you most proud of? I'd have to say uh, defeating the evil empire and ending the era of big government. And what would you say is your biggest regret? Uh, failing to defeat the evil empire and putting an end to the era of big government. 
I don't know if that deserved a rim shot, but... Now, what about people who say you ushered in an air of cruelty and heartlessness? Please, let's leave my wife Nancy out of this. <laughs> no, sir. Sir, I'm... Um, uh, sir? Uh, 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 sir? <laughs> sir? Yes. yes. Sir? Uh, yeah. Sir? Yes. Sir, I'm, I'm not talking about your wife, Nancy. I'm talking about the media who uh, said that you were indifferent to the needs of those less fortunate. Oh, well, let's leave my adopted son, what's his name, out of this. It's Michael, sir. Oh, well, thank you, Michael. Let's talk about the cover of Time magazine, Barack Obama. Gesundheit. <laughs> Believe it or not, many... <laughs> sir? Believe it or not, many people are seeing parallels between Obama and you. Well, Jane Wyman always had a little of the jungle fever. Is that what you mean? Uh, Thank you for joining us, Mr. President. Well, thank you, Jimmy, and all your viewers, and Merry Christmas. Oh, and and one more thing, if I could just say also to to all your viewers. Yes. May. Just go ahead, sir. Eh, May. Eh, me. Mr. President, what is it that you'd like to say? There was something you wanted to tell our viewers. What's wrong, Kenny? It's not funny. You lose all your sponsors. I, I do. <laughs> You're right. The mute button on that. Kenny, you are right. It's not good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kenny. Kenny's He's a great man. You're right. You're right. Kenny. Kenny's our assistant engineer and has a discerning taste when it comes to these things, and I am sorry. It's beyond that. He was a great communicator. You, you put he, him like that. He, no. Yes, he was, and I'm sorry. I will never play that clip again. I won't this show. Um, wow. Uh, David Feldman, uh, that was Robert Smigel. Uh, Dana Gould played uh, the speech therapist from King's Speech 2. And uh, you can catch that from davidfeldmancomedy.com, also at iTunes. David also has a CD out called Left Without Paying. It's a stand-up CD, so you can get that from his website as well. <clears throat> so I want to thank uh, David Feldman and his cast and crew for uh, uh, that hilarity, even though Kenny was a little upset. I'm about out the door. No, Kenny, please. We need you here. We need you real bad, man. Real bad. So stick around. Uh, you guys stick around, too. Uh, if you want to uh, send us a note, by the way, you can uh, reach us at mark at com. And last week, I uh, had a lot of trouble uh, remembering to spell succotash, S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H, show.com. And then uh, my wife said, uh, most people don't know that you spell your name with a C. So it's Mark with a C at SuccotashShow.com. Anyway, so uh, next up, uh, you know, we've actually gotten some coverage, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. And I've received uh, several communiques from people with podcasts I had no idea even existed. So uh, I'm going to play one of those for you now. It's the Mustache Rangers. This is uh, Eric McEwen. McEwen? Uh, M-C-K-E-O-W-N. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Eric McEwen and Corey Anderson. And uh, this is an interesting show. I've only listened to a couple of them, and they're pretty short. Uh, I think these guys are improvisers, 
And uh, I don't even think they live in the same town. I think they may do this over Skype or something. I think one is from Seattle and the other's from Sacramento. And uh, this is the idea of the show is these are two guys that are on a spaceship somewhere in outer space, the mustache, mustache rangers. <clears throat> and this is um, this is one of their sort of sitting around and chatting with uh, themselves and uh, the ship's computer. Funny bomb. Funny bomb. Funny bomb. Funny bomb. Yep. Looks like we have some sort of alert happening. You mean you saying my name? No, there's a light indicator. Oh, there's light no sound. indicator. There's a light indicator. There's no sound that comes with it. What does the light indicator say? Probably something toasty or about to blow. It's a temperature indicator? It might be. We you have a lot of indicators. Why don't you know? Isn't this your know. job to know? Isn't it your job to know? Right, but it's also your job to know. I it's know. my job to test you. All right, so who's going to blame who? I mean, we both don't know. Well, there's got to be something we can look up. There's got to be someone to blame, you mean? Computer. Mm -hmm. What does this indicator light mean? Indicator? Indicator. It's an indicator. What's an indicator? It's something that indicates. Indicates? Yeah, that's how you say it. You guys have been saying it wrong for like hundreds of years. Wait. I always thought it was indicator. It's indicator? Yeah. Not indicator. I feel embarrassed that we've said that so much at parties. Why didn't anyone ever correct us? I don't know. They wow. thought it was funny. Funibom, we're a laughing stock. No wonder people kept pointing to things and having us say them. <laughs> what? What do you mean? At that party we were at, they uh -huh. kept pointing at things and asking us to say what they were. Yeah, like lamp? Yeah. And yeah. a, a punch glass? Uh-huh. And they're like, what are those? And I'm like, dlapes? they're like, what? And I said, dlapes. I, I'm i not sure what that is. They're the things that hang on the wall that cover your windows? Oh, dlapes. Dlapes, yeah. I'm gotcha. sorry. I was saying it weird. No, that's fine. That's fine. So we've been saying lots of things wrong. I guess so. Man. So it's an indicator? Indicator. Indicator. Not an indicator. No. Indicator. Right. Interesting. And what's that? What, what are, are you talking, talking about? Look where my... <laughs> Look where my finger is pointing. Uh-huh. What is that? Why don't you say it? Because I'm going to say it wrong. I don't want to say it wrong. No, I want to hear you say it. It's a lever. Yeah, that's close enough. Well, what is it for real? A lever. What did I say? Lever. So I got that right. Yeah, sort of. It's a lever. Yeah. Okay. So Unless you're, you're talking about... Liver. Are you pointing at the lever or are you pointing at liver? Because if you're pointing at liver, you're saying it wrong. Well, which is that? What? This, right here. That's liver. That's liver? Yeah. Not lever? No. And what's this then? Lever. Not liver? No. So this is lever and this is liver. Not mm -hmm. liver and lever, lever and liver? Right. How about your coat? My what? Your coat. What's a coat? The thing you, when you're cold? My quat? I'm pretty sure it's quat. It's a coat. <laughs> And it's made out of leather. Right. A leather coat. I, I know. This quat is made <laughs> this quat is made out of leather. No. Le le leather? Leather. 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 Coat. There you go. Leather. Leather. Coat. Why are these words so weird? Who came up with these things? I mean, this is clearly obviously a quat. I mean, I've got my liver quat over here. Right. You've been wearing a leather quat. We've been, I've been wearing a leather quat. Uh, you're saying leather right now. I'm saying leather. 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 I wasn't saying lever. I know what I a lever. Liver. I know what a lever is. I'm not a liver. I know what a liver is. What's well, a, what's I know a lever. A lever is this thing that I eat sometimes. It's not very good. No, that liver. Oh right, right. I'm sorry. I forgot. We, we. I, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. All right. Lever is the thing I pull. Liver is the thing I eat and spit up. Mm -hmm. 
And that was uh, the Mustache Rangers. Uh, you can hear them at Mustache. Oh, it's Bill Bill Haywatt, our booth announcer. Mr. Hello, Hershon. It's a pleasure to be with you at the mic here and Always Studio pl- P, home of the hit. Always a pleasure to have you here, Bill. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, I. I, I you have a commercial coming up. Yes, next, right? I do. We've got to pay the bills, you oh, know. Great. That's great. right. Hey, hey, those mustache rangers, I just want to say, you know, back in the day when I was studying at uh, Southern Eastern Tech, you know, we did a little improv back no, then. No kidding. I, I had really? a bit of a thespian in me, but you know, we were taught <clears throat> to progress the action. We weren't we were taught that the humor of, of unresolved conflict is just sort of circular humor and the only people that end up laughing is are the people that you're talking to not the people I, who are witnessing i, I have no idea what you're I, talking maybe about. these um, kids today find humor in that at least i can say they didn't go all pee-pee doo-doo on us and you know what i feel about that bill stuff. bill how old are you anyway I well mean we don't want to talk about that but you know uh, it, it's a it's a it's an ageist universe that we work in and i've been at this a while and uh if you had if you had one if, day, you had, if you had one well, bit of advice to dispense to the mustache hmm. rangers since you seem to have a, a point of view or perspective yes. on, on their on their clip what, what would it be well you know the best thing my mother ever got me was a grease pencil and that taught me how to that, edit you know is that where the mustache she, came absolutely. from absolutely she always said to me bill leave them wanting more leave ah. them wanting which means that sometimes, despite your best intentions, you have to give them less. Mother Haywatt certainly was wise. She was a wise woman, I want to tell you. She could have been something if she was a man. Why don't you get to our first commercial so we can get those bills paid? That's why they call me Bill. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of Succotash is brought to you by Wilson, Taggart, and Swill, futures consultants for the new future. Folks, are you looking at the past couple of years and asking yourself, Hey, is it just me, or am I now actually paying for all sorts of things in life that used to be free? Well, if you'd like to cash in on the tens of millions of Americans currently asking that very same question, then the investment strategy of subsistence commodity usage markets is for you. In this uncertain world, the things we need just to live in it have value. And at WTS, they believe that over time, that value will only go up. Call WTS now for a free consultation with an advisor who has been personally trained by Wilson, Taggart, or Swill. And soon, for just pennies a day, you too could be cashing in just like the big guys on the very air we breathe. That's Wilson, Taggart, and Swill, futures consultants for the new future. Wilson, Taggart, and Swill, and the subsistence commodity usage markets are satiric concepts only and were created solely for this Succotash podcast. They, in fact, do not exist. Any further use is expressly prohibited. All rights reserved. And now, back to more of Succotash. You did, uh, my friend uh, uh, Michael was on a show. Michael Aronin. You did a show for Comedy Central, a pilot, and it was a police force... Then they were they were all handicapped or retarded people. It right? was the shield uh, with handicapped people. Yes, that's what it was. And we did. How does that not get on Comedy Central? It, I, you lo- know, I mean, you don't have to tell me anything more than that. It took them eight months to say no. They they actually liked it a lot. And then uh, you want to hear this most screwed up story about this? This is a story I've I've only told twice in my life. So we do this special. We edit Brian Cranston, who, uh, who directed it. You know, with Malcolm yeah. in the Middle and, yeah. and Breaking Bad, brilliant guy. Directed it, really funny. We use real disabled people. We use you know uh, you know uh, little people midget. I call it Debbie Carrington. She's a midget. I call her midget. That's how it is. And, you know uh, you know uh, Michael is disabled. 
he's got cerebral palsy. Um, we had a guy in a wheelchair, uh, Chris, and, and we used them, and they were great. You know, because no one gets the reason I did it because there was a protest a couple of years ago. No one does it. We don't. You know, and all these handicapped people protested. No one writes us roles, so I wrote this show, really funny. And I'm this asshole cop that basically he's half criminal, half cop. So we do the show. It takes them eight months. We they test it. It gets all the way to testing. They're testing it to air it, and. One of the notes I get is, um, you know, they didn't like the way I wrote Michael's character. Not only does he have CP, but he stutters really bad. Yeah. So it was really funny. <laughs> and, he was, and he was brilliant at it. He, I should give you, I'll send you the DVD. I would love to um, see it. And uh, so they say no. Finally, they say no, we're not going to air it. So I'm like, damn. I'm in Starbucks three months later. I'm literally getting my, my skinny meal latte. I'm at the thing. And the girl behind the counter, the barista, goes, hey! I I went to Comedy Central. They paid me fifty bucks to go watch one of your things, and I go I go yeah. What'd you see? And she goes that special unit thing with the retarded cop thing. And I go you were there. She goes yeah. I really didn't like the way that guy stuttered. And dude, ah. dude, I like I, I was on the other side of the counter. And I, I like had to grab something. I was like really the barista at Starbucks said they didn't like. That's the note that the network got, and that's the note they went with. And you're making my latte really. I love television. It literally—that's it, what it comes down to. They—they uh. they will give you notes. They will have their feelings, but ultimately, they turn it over to focus groups. And the, and and focus groups. If you don't know this outside the Hollywood world, they have to go away from Hollywood. So they drive an hour to some mall town, Bakersfield, Bakersfield, and they pull some people. Picture the people that were going to take a day off for 50 bucks to sit in a room and watch right. television and then right. answer questions about right. it. And it's always a weekday because no one works on the weekend. And so. they're empowered to have, because they're being put in a position to have power, to right. have opinions. Right. Someone's, so they're, they're, it's not passive. They're going to actively have an opinion. Yeah, someone said it best to me. They said, they said these people are getting paid to watch television, but in that room, they're thinking for 50 bucks, they're making television. Yeah. And, and so what we're doing now is we're actually, we're working on, I'm working on raising money to turn this into a movie. Uh, that was uh, Fitz Dog Radio with Greg Fitzsimmons and his guest Christopher Titus talking about a show that uh, Chris Titus was trying to get going on uh, uh, Comedy Central. Chris Titus uh, got his comedy start in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I think I probably booked him into some of his first engagements at the Punchline in San Francisco, Walnut Creek, and even Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale. Uh uh, Greg Fitzsimmons is trying something new in the realm of podcasting to raise money. Uh, not all the podcasts have the fine retinue of sponsors that we have here at Succotash. And he actually has an ongoing uh, uh, eBay bid to be mentioned on his show. And so if you get up to uh, gregfitzsimmons.com, you can find the link to uh, actually bid to have your name and whatever message you want mentioned on Greg's show if you have the winning bid. So it's novel, it's interesting, and if it works, we're going to try it here. How about that? Next, we're going to listen to uh, Read It and Weep. Now, this is not a comedy podcast per se, uh, but it is a, a, a bit funny. In fact, their tagline is, Read It and Weep is a funny podcast about bad books, movies, and TV. And uh, this is with Alex Falcone, Ezra Fox, and Chris. And I guess uh, they're not quite on steady enough uh, ground with their podcast yet. Chris has no last name because he still has a real job, it says on their website. Uh, but this is uh, a crew, uh, some guests as well. Read it and weep. And uh, they're talking about a, uh, a movie that just came out. 
Good morning, Meet and Meet Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This week we're talking about the Atlas Shrugged movie that just came out. It took 50 years, but someone finally decided to throw a movie together in six months. <laughs> Before we do the mean parts of the show, let's start out with our, like we always do, we start and end with a compliment sandwich. It's how we elevate our show beyond hilarity into fair, honest criticism. Bree, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Oh, I'll go first. Please do. Uh, let me just say that I hate extras. And this movie <laughs> was just let me focus, right, on the action <laughs> by just no extras anywhere. People were just waiting for their scene partner to walk in. That was really nice. It was a nice thing for me. Excellent compliment, Bree. Thank you. Chris, you were going to go second today. So when you get tired of looking at the people near the end of the movie, there are some very nice shots of the Colorado, Colorado lights. <laughs> Or just, yep. The parts that were not computer generated were beautiful. The parts that were not computer generated <laughs> and with ridiculous looking bridges that look like hugs. <laughs> and then the train had that like really sleek look that was unbelievable because there was no graffiti on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Also, the train was unbelievable because it was 2016 and there were trains and there were <laughs> Funny you should mention that. I'm going to use, I want to springboard off that for my opening compliment because I was really wondering when I heard this movie's coming out, how could they possibly make this, make trains yeah. seem interesting? Because I know that's the big plot of the book. And it turns out it takes a single montage <laughs> of gasoline being $30 a gallon and a single plane on fire on the tarmac, boom, trains are the only way we can travel anymore. That plane was really an inspiration to us all. I mean, when it, when it broke down, we just kind of lost the, our heart to travel. We, we didn't yeah. have, the, yeah, we didn't have the, the gusto anymore that we used to have yeah. for it. And people who make bikes are like, really, still? <laughs> $30 a gallon, you're going to go for trains? <laughs> 2016 and we still aren't on segways. <laughs> Ezra. This movie kind of added to my knowledge a little bit. So at one point, there's sort of like a, a string of uh, questions leading up to the, of course, who is John Galt? So it's like, you know, why do you ask pointless questions? And one of them is, how deep is the ocean? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, apparently we know more than we did in 1957. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> turns out, on average, it's about 4.3 kilometers deep. Uh, at its deepest point, around 11 kilometers. That's how deep the ocean is. <laughs> and so to answer your other question, who is John Galt? It's the shadowy guy who keeps on, uh, you know, fedora. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the one guy in 2016 who wears a fedora. <laughs> okay, that was uh, Read It and Weep. And their website is read-weep.com. You can also get their their um, podcast through iTunes. And uh, that, oh, Bill, you're back. Did it? Did it make you weep? Uh, it didn't make me laugh. It, well, you know, they were laughing enough for both of us, actually. They I mean, were. you know, they, I'd say that when I was back at uh, in famous broadcaster's school, they, they taught us how to laugh on mic. Bill, is there a proper way to laugh on well, mic? Well, you want to respect the microphone. You want to respect the listener. It's more like, ha, ha, ha. You know, naturally, like, ha, 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 ha. Like that. <laughs> like that. You, like that? You, you have a natural, like good, warm, natural laugh. Just like that, Mark. Thanks, I like Bill. that. I appreciate I'm that. I'm not brown-nosing you. I, I really mean that. But that's all I really wanted to point out. I, I didn't really want to carry on. So you know me. You show me a microphone. and <laughs> <laughs> There's no shutting you up. There's no. That's uh, well. Would you like me to? Yes. I, I shut can. up, Bill. Sorry. Shut up. Uh, let's uh, go down. Next to uh, Comedy A Go-Go. This is a show hosted by Dave Nelson and uh, an interview with A.J. Finney, 
You can find Dave Nelson's show at dvnelson at uh, .podcast.com or much easier, just go to iTunes and look for Comedy A Go-Go. A.J. Finney is uh, being interviewed about the time he, uh, well, he basically hit bottom uh, in the comedy world. He was uh, drinking, doing some other substances and uh, had a uh, mysterious night at a motel. Never try a shot of paper bleach? I'd like some right now. I go to do this job, this show, and I think it's like, God, I think it's Dodge City, Kansas. I get so belligerently drunk after being depressed and realizing that my career is over. I'm almost in the mindset of going, this is the last one. Um, I, man, I don't even really remember. And every time I talk to people, they tell me more. Uh, but I know I blacked out severely. Uh, when I came to, I one of the beds, there were two beds, one of the beds was soaked, so something had happened. Either part of my body leaked, or I decided to dump water on the bed. One of the two. Why? I don't know. There was also two irons and two ironing boards in my room set up. How did that happen? I don't know. It made it made sense at the time. Yeah, apparently. Um, the room had looked like Hunter S. Thompson had stayed there. Like It was destroyed. Uh, I'm concerned now because I don't want it to get back to the, the booker and, and so forth. So I'm trying to gather everything up. My thoughts are bad. I basically have drank myself to the level of special education. Like Now I'm like, just motor skills are difficult, let alone talking. I can't find my watch, so I go to the thing, and I'm like, hey, I got to get my, my watch. Uh, if you find it, let me know. I kind of lost it. And the guy comes out of the back, and he goes, did you lose your clothes too? And I went, oh, wait a minute. That's violent. What are you talking about? He goes, you don't remember? Right around the uh, hotel here last night, completely naked? You don't remember that? You need st- not, that's- <laughs> no. This is the guy. He goes, "You you still need a wake up call and a room key," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You don't remember? You passed out in the hallway," and I'm like, "Oh no!" And now, like, my I'm freaking out because I'm going in my brain. I'm going. I already got arrested. Not even done with that. I can't even get a job because now I'm a sex offender. Like I am freaking out. <laughs> they still have the video. Apparently, I talked to the booker about three or four months ago. Apparently I blacked out the hotel. No, no, no. The the booker that the hotel had talked to, because uh, a buddy of mine had tried to get the video. He went back down and worked that room, and we were doing this special show in Kansas City, and they were going to use that video to uh, introduce me, and the guy wouldn't let go of it. And I'm like, why do you still have the video on your damn computer? Like you should let it go. Because at the time I had my I I don't know if you've ever heard me tell the story about my hernia. I had a hernia that I let go for about ten months. So at the time, not only am I completely naked, but I also have a huge bulbous mass hanging off my groin, too. So it's just a whole lot of awesomeness. Yeah. And so when I was talking to the booker, I was like, yeah, apparently I blacked out, ran around naked. Which in my head, I was like, well, I was naked. I had to pee. Because I remember, I thought, this is how I remember it in my head. So I woke up and I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I walked through the bathroom door, bam, lock. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. I'm naked. I'm outside the room. Door locked. Get a room key. That's it. Logical. That's apparently not how it went down because the guy goes, no, he wasn't completely naked. He had a hat on. (laughs) That's a good style. Yeah, but that tells me right there, knowing myself, that means it wasn't, oh, my God, I need a room key. That's me going, oh, this will be cute. It's just dancing on down at four in the morning and then getting tired in the hallway next to my room and just going, I'm going to go sleep now and just pass it out. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a good place to rest. Uh, right now. I'll just put the hat over my face so no one knows it's me. Dignity. I still yeah. have my dignity. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Barrister Mike DK, specializing in Nigerian Code 419 investment strategies since the birth of the fax machine. Cherished friend, you have personally come to the attention of respected Nigerian barrister Mike DK, executive legal advisor to Dr. Jared Wadabibia, deceased senior vice president of a major Nigerian munitions firm. We have contacted you directly because you are a man able to proceed in only the strictest of confidence. Barrister DK wishes for you personally to transfer funds of his late employer into a United States bank account, a certified international bank draft in the sum of $17,359,000, two million of which will be yours upon the successful completion of this transaction. Pending receipt of your bank account number, social security number, and passwords, presented to us on your personal stationery. This amount will immediately be transferred to the account you specify. It's that simple. Due to the sensitive nature of this transaction, your trustworthiness are mostly urgent. That's the investment services of Barrister Mike DK, a trusted leader in Nigerian Code 419 investment strategies. And now, back to more of Succotash. We want to thank Mike DK for becoming a sponsor. Welcome to the show. Uh, some of you may have received his emails. Uh, he's very prolific. Uh, one of the best internet advertisers around. He's a great marketer. I'm going to make lots of money from him. Uh, Kenny, you, oh, so you're, you're, you're in with Mike DK. Yes, I sent him my checking number. Oh, that, that's, well. Oh, yeah. You, I'll be living off the fat of the land. <laughs> sure you will, oh, uh, Kenny. Oh. You might want to uh, think about changing banks. Um, Anyway, welcome back to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Next up, we have uh, the Jimmy Dore Show. Uh, Jimmy Dore uh, runs a, a sort of political roundtable in most of his shows. And in this show has uh, some of his regulars with him, Frank Conniff, Robert Yasamura, Paul Gilmartin. And they're talking about uh, some current events going on in and around politics. Let's give a listen. Uh, right now, let's talk about the... Now, we, we've talked about the Trump... Uh, pretend presidential run and mm -hmm. uh, the fact that he's uh, he's talking like a you know a crazy redneck and uh pulling at 17 percent people pull, yeah. so here is uh here's gary Busey endorsing him would you like to hear that here donald trump has a wherewithal the knowledge and the awareness of this country he wants to turn it back to where the founders had it Okay. Wear a helmet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wear a helmet. So here, here he is. And he, he he invented a little acronym for Trump's name. I created abusism for his last name. T R U M P stands for taking redirection, understanding massive power. Oh, oh that's great! Wow. That's very catchy. You know what? I made abuse. Really, I made, it rolls off the tongue. I made abuseism for Gary Busey's last. Oh, name. you did? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so it's B U S E Y. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, you sure are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty, that was pretty good. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's play the Donald Trump flip flop on abortion. How did he feel about abortion a couple years ago? Well, look, I'm I'm very pro choice. I just believe in choice. And how does he? What about now when he wants to appeal to the crazies? Look, I'm for. I am pro-life. I've said it. I'm very strong there, and I'm strong in pro-life. <laughs> he's strong there. on pro-life, pro and he's strong on pro-life. Yeah, I, and there, too. Yeah. 
So here he sat down with Contessa Brewer, and she asked him. No, it's when you see him being interviewed, it's obvious he doesn't know a lot of the stuff he's talking about. No. And so here she's she's going to get to the abortion question and watch how he doesn't know what she means. Is there a right to privacy in the Constitution? I guess there is. I guess there is. So and how does that? Why just out of curiosity? Why do you ask that question? Just out, <laughs> just out of curiosity, why do you ask that? Why do you ask that question? Are you? Why do you? What? what because you're freaking talking about abortion. You just flip flopped on me. That's why I'm talking about it. Here, here's the rest of his answer. Well, I'm just wondering how that squares with your pro life views. Well, I don't, it's a pretty strange way of getting to pro-life. I mean, it's a very unique way of asking about pro-life. Uh, why are you, what does that have to do with privacy? How are you, how are you equating pro-life with privacy? Oh. Well, you know, about the Roe v. Wade decision. Yes, right, sure. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, sure, right, right. Yeah, I forgot. Oh. I, should, I should know that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? How are you putting those two together, he says. You know what, you know what Donald? I'm going to go ahead and put those two things together the same way the Supreme Court did. That's how I'm going to put the right to privacy together. You know, when they made abortion legal, you, you know, you know, what's really interesting, Donald, is that you couldn't put those two things together when she asked you. Yeah, of course, it's implied. Of course, well, it is. Well, I have to say, Robert, you talking about the right of privacy is a really weird way to get to the right of privacy. <laughs> yeah. What are you, how are you putting those two yeah, together? I don't know. God, right to privacy together. with right to privacy. I don't get it. You know, so when he you know, we also I played a couple of weeks ago when he was on The View saying that stuff mm-hmm. and the crowd was cheering right, and it right. kind of upset us. And uh, well, here is uh, he went. He sat down with George Stephanopoulos uh, mm. the other day. And uh, well, here's some examples of how that turns out when he's facing a journalist and instead of sitting down in a knitting circle. Okay, <laughs> here we go. George, I know. So he's asking him about the birther stuff. Exactly what you're getting at. The facts. For some reason, no, they're not the facts. He doesn't have a birth certificate or he hasn't provided. He's given a certificate of live birth. It's a much different certificate instrument. of live birth meets the standard of the State, State Department the for anyone citizen. George, there were contemporaneous reports in two George, they have co-opted you. Given his, no, those are the facts, George, sir. they've co-opted Who's you. Who's they? It's not obviously Obama and his minions. Minions. Uh, Donald Trump should probably rethink his campaign slogan. It's just a poster with his face and it says, uh, Donald Trump, uh, who do you need me to be? <laughs> yes, that is a, that is exactly what it should be. They've co-opted. Well, you. remember I said I I can't wait for the who's going to ask him because he said uh, on the View that um, you know I have my people on investigators on the ground in Hawaii right. and they can't believe the things that they're finding. And I'm like, they're finding that it's really nice in Hawaii. To start <laughs> yeah, the that's what they're finding. They, they can't couldn't believe it. They can't believe that there's a nude beach in walking distance. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right over the hill, yeah. and uh, it's right there. Yes, they can't. They can't believe that. So, so, so I was like, so what's going to happen when a reporter says, "Hey, what's some of that stuff that they can't believe they found out? Can you tell us some of it? Because it, apparently yeah. he already knew some of it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So wouldn't you share that stuff instead of just bringing up the old art? Well, here. George, here's how that goes. Sent investigators to Hawaii, and you said, quote, they cannot believe what they're finding. We're what have they found? What happens, What George? have they found? That's none of your business right now. We're going to see what happens. Have they found anything? We're going to see what happens. What have they done? We are going to see what happens. When? George, next question. <laughs> okay, you know, uh... You know, you're, you, it's none of your business, which is why I love you. It's none of your business. Well, yeah. you know. No, you're on a show. He's a reporter. And he's the one that brought it up in the first <laughs> yeah. place. That, oh, I can't believe what they're finding. And, you know, and for one thing, if they were really finding out stuff, it's it disqualifies Obama to be president. So it's the biggest news story of all time. Yes. So it's like, well, tell us what are they found. Hey, that's none of your business. It's none of your business. That's the Jimmy Dore Show. 
uh, with Frank Conniff, Robert Yasamuro, Paul Gilmartin. You can find it at jimmydoorcomedy.com, also at iTunes. You can download uh, and subscribe. Uh, Jimmy Dore has been doing his show for uh, a while, and uh, it's uh, very political, uh, which is fine, clearly on the liberal side of things, which is also fine. This is America, unless you're listening in a foreign country, in which case it's a different place than America. Uh, next up, we have a show called Uh Yeah Dude. This is with two guys, uh, Seth Romatelli and Jonathan Larroquette, who I believe is the son of John Larroquette. I'm not going to swear to that because I couldn't find any real information about that on their website, but it certainly sounds like the same last name uh, and first name. Funny enough, uh, I actually worked with John Larroquette myself when I wrote uh, Wedding Days for the Hallmark Channel. He was the star along with Karen Valentine of that movie. And at the time he was he did the movie because his son was still in his last year of college and he needed an excuse to stay in Los Angeles until his son graduated. So I feel a, a certain closeness with these guys in their show. Uh, they uh, seem to be doing it out of their apartment for the most part, although they referenced earlier in the show, you're not going to hear it in this clip, that they'd done a live appearance somewhere. And I think they literally took all of their furniture from their apartment to furnish the stage they were on, which is interesting. But they're back in the apartment now. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Uh Yeah Dude. Uh, I don't know. Man. I was in Whole Foods. I saw Mary Lou Henner. How was she? I approached her. I spun around her carriage. I said, hello. She said, hello. I was like, let's test that super memory. Is that what you said to her? Let's take it. I was like, where'd we meet? And she's like looking at me. And then I'm realizing when I saw her in that airport, I had a baseball hat on and eyeglasses. It's went, not fair. Pulled a pair of glasses and it's, hat yeah, off of a stranger. On, it was like, <laughs> now, now spun it right back around. <laughs> I said, we were discussing food. She was like, it wasn't in Whole Foods. I was like, it's a place that you can't get food. I can't. She's like, I remember the airport. You wanted soup. I was like, oh, Angel. I was going to ask her, like, I was going to tell her the shoes that she had on and then blow her mind. Yeah. Uh, she's again, she's performing again in San Francisco because that's what she was up there to perform at a, a bar and grill. Um, what does she do? She's a sort of torch singer, I believe, uh -huh. is what. So she was going back for a different club at a repeat um, celebrated performance. Um, the gays? Is it with the gays? Is that why San Francisco? Um, she has like a gay, gay thing or is it just coincidence? Coincidence probably. And, uh, you say torch singer and I immediately just think yeah, just gay, think big in the gay Bette community. Midler and you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, bathhouses in the 70s in New York. Um, you know, so we'll see. We talked about the show. We uh, gave her the toll-free voicemail. It's 888-842-2357. So you can call that number and leave a message and Miss Henner, you can also call it. Leave a, you know, a pick-me-up. You know, because you do the show every week, you, you're trying your hardest. Sometimes you get down on yourself and you need um, words of encouragement. Pep talk. Pep. The president of the American Atheists Association okay. says that 675, count them, 675 people have already registered for the annual convention this week in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, that would more than double the attendance in last year's Newark, New Jersey convention, and also beat the record uh, of 550 that was set in Atlanta, Georgia. We, we did it. Uh, how I guess is that they convention? Just don't, um, just don't don't feel the need to, to go and really squawk box it. You know, proselytize the way. No, I guess not. Although you don't, something you just wear close to the What's vest. What's that convention like? What kind of talks? <sighs> what sort of panel discussions are there? Um, heated. 
You think heated? Oh, you think everyone's Aren't just they like... all resolved? They all have just decided? Okay. But they're still angry somehow. They're still, like, bent out of shape they're about still it. still about what their parents did to them? Yeah, like, I think probably mad still Ugh, a little. Damn it. I don't know. Not that good of a turnout. Not the best turnout. Maybe doing a bigger city? Record-breaking turnout, but not maybe the best turnout. I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe not in Des Moines? Maybe that's the idea? Maybe take it to Vegas. The, I mean, you'd find a lot of... <laughs> Least. No, you because no. you know you you find the opposite end of the spectrum because yeah. everyone's just like I can't yeah. I need something <laughs> this will do it I can't appear on jail one more time in the Clark County Detention Center what do I need I have some literature in my van if you read this you'll never come back here yeah. really is that how it works uh yeah dude is the name of that show uh you can find them at their website which is u h h y e a h d u d e uh yeah dude.com or again more simply just subscribe via itunes uh we are going to be back with our last piece which is uh, the kevin pollock chat show with his guest dimitri martin but first this important message this portion of succotash is brought to you by dr placebo's international canadian pharmacy the finest in non-prescription male enhancement products since 1996 be always at height make happy the girlfriend charged by sexual energy products for providing a volcano power to you in the bedroom your lady will be pleased with how steady and powerful your bone-on is. This is a super product for every man. Don't forget your free trial on enlargement products shipped directly to your home without obligation. Treat her tonight to rock-hard pumping. Make your flagpole the subject of all her salutes and the envy of every man on TV. Shop online at Dr. Placebo's International Canadian Pharmacy today. Available where all fine spam pharmaceuticals are sold. Dr. Placebo's International Canadian Pharmacy is a satirical construct created solely for this Succotash podcast and in fact does not exist. Any similarities to offers and claims made by other international Canadian pharmacies is strictly coincidental. Any further use of this material is expressly prohibited. All rights reserved. And now back to more of Succotash. One of his assistants or something said, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send him up in a couple minutes. Thank goodness. So then I go up, and I knock on this giant door. It's this presidential suite, and the door opens, and just Woody Allen pops his head out. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, hey, thanks for coming. Come on in. <laughs> it's so weird. It's surreal. Like, so I go inside, and he's very friendly, because I had read stuff where he didn't look at me. Right. There was no eye contact, you know. So I'm thinking, I don't want to bother this guy. So I go in there, and he's really friendly. He's really nice, and he's asking me questions, and I'm totally off guard now, because I was thinking, all right, it's formal. And I don't, I, like you were saying, I don't really get nervous usually, especially for performing. That would be a terrible job. I know. If I, every day for my job, I felt like I was going to shit in my pants or something. It's like, <laughs> what a terrible it's like job. A picture Why a bus you? driver being like, oh, my God, i got to drive this thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> but for an audition, again, I don't know how to do this, so... So I'm like kind of stammering, and he's like, yo, where are you from? I said, I'm from New Jersey. My parents are from Brooklyn. He's like, we're from Brooklyn. And he's saying to the other woman, oh, we're from Brooklyn. God bless you. You right? <laughs> and um, uh, anyway, so he goes, anyway, I have some sides here. And he gives me two pages. And he goes, tell you what, you, will you be more comfortable in here? How about in here? And he brings me into his bedroom. He says, here, in here. I said, okay. He's like, just come get me when you're ready. I said, can I take a... He's like, you know, a couple minutes. I was like, five minutes? He's like... Five minutes, one minute, you know, whatever you need. Kind of like, come on, man. Just, so now I'm in I'm Woody Allen's hotel room in Paris. The guy's, like, in another part of this suite, and I'm looking in a mirror like any asshole who doesn't know how to act. 
I'm I'm looking in a mirror doing the lines. I don't know what you're supposed to do. So I'm like <laughs> reading the lines in the mirror. I'm like, is this how like what am I doing? Oh god, this sucks. this is horrible. This is horrible. So then I come out of the room and he's not there. Now I'm in the main suite. There's no nobody's there. Hello? So I'm back in his bedroom. I'm just doing the lines more. I don't know what the hell to do. And uh, he comes back. He's like, were you looking for me? I said, yeah. He's like, you ready? I said, yeah. I've been doing the lines in the mirror for a while. I'm starting to lose confidence. I think we should just do this. He's like, you sure you don't want to work in the mirror some more? I was like, you said that? <laughs> yeah. I said, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> so then we just, we did it. So I'm doing the, I'm doing the, so I'm doing the scene with his sister, I found out later. Is, wow. Who's traveling with him. I didn't realize it was his sister. I'm doing the scene with his sister. And, uh. He's like, go ahead. I don't. I don't need Academy Award. Just, I just want to see how you sound. You know, just go ahead. Whenever you're ready. I don't need Academy Award. Yeah, he's like, you're you know, thinking that's convenient. No, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I don't need some major performance. Oh, great. Okay. So I'm doing the scene, and I finish. He's like, oh, do it again. So I do it again, and now I notice out of the corner of my eye. So we're on a couch. There's a coffee table here. Woody Allen's where you're sitting, and uh, I'm doing the scene, and I notice out of the corner of my eye. He goes. Oh, oh I just see him squint, and I'm like, oh no! But then I swear to God, I see him go. Puts his hands up, like a director, mm-hmm. and he starts walking around the room, like kind of doing a semi, like an arc, like wow. looking at me from different angles while I'm doing the scene. And now I'm thinking, is this guy just fucking with me? Like, does he just know? I still, to this day, don't know if he was like. Uh, I guess I should give this guy a show. I mean, <laughs> I should be a director or something for him. You know what I mean? Because I did it like three or four times. He's like, just do it a few times, you know, to get comfortable. So I'm and just gave doing... me no direction, by the way, no notes in between. Nothing. Just do it again. Just do it again. So I just did it three or four times. And he... no, no, never saying, try this, try that? I don't think so. Maybe once he said, slow down or something. Or not, a sh- not so shitty or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so no, no real direction. Very nice, very friendly. Well, what was, was really like cool. on set? I mean... How oh, long did you guys set, shoot it, on the picture? It was great. So I shot the movie. That sounds like most of my auditions. And then, and I, so I assume you got <laughs> I didn't get the, didn't get the movie. <laughs> no? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it was Melinda Melinda. So Will Ferrell got the part, which I didn't feel so bad about when I heard. <laughs> yeah. If it was like Jason Schwartzman or some guy who I kind of resemble, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I really blew it. You know what I mean? But it's, uh, I don't look that much like Will Ferrell. I think we're different types. I think the feedback was really nice. They said a couple days later, uh, Woody thought you were... Uh, really great and charming and funny, whatever he said. A uh, little green, a little young, but he's a fan. Congrats. You know, he liked your stuff. Dimitri Martin, guesting on the Kevin Pollack Chat Show. Uh, Kevin has uh, one of the more sophisticated productions around. He's uh, been doing video podcasting, which is fantastic. You can actually watch most of his shows happen live at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoons by going to KevinPollock'sChatShow.com or you can download it later from his website or from iTunes. You can download it in video or in audio, depending what you like. And uh, Dimitri Martin also has a new book out called This Is a Book, and it's got a lot of his cartoons and sketches and witticisms. So uh, you can check that out at Amazon or your nearest bookstore if it's still open. We have been... Suckatash. I've been your host, Mark Hershon. You can write me personally at Mark, M A R C, at Suckatash, S U C C O T A S H, show.com. Thank you. You're welcome, Kenny. And um, I also want to thank our engineer producer, Joe Paulino. I want to thank our musical director, Scott Carvey. And I want to thank you 
the listener. And uh, remind you, till next time, pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the number one comedy podcast about comedy podcasts, with your host, Mark Hershon. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend us on Facebook. Email us at Mark, that's M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. Or just reach out and gently stroke our buttocks whenever you see us walking down the street. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P Sausalito, home of the hit... Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. And our favorite president of the moment is William Henry Harrison, who served in the White House a mere 31 days. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you faux shizzle to pass the succotash.